The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. If you want to give me a call, as usual, all you got to do is dial 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six, and I want to hear from you. Give me a call. You can also send me an email. All you have to do is to, uh, just go to info at carm dot org. Just direct it to info at carm dot org, and in the subject line, put a radio comment, radio question, and we can get to it. All right. So last night, not a big deal, but last night, um, my wife goes to bed. Before I do, I'm a I'm a late night person, and uh, I do a lot of video work, sometimes research and things like that. I did some research last night about one o'clock in the morning, and I was on YouTube, in the in the living room just uh, watching stuff. And then I went. I'm going to start watching shorts because I like watching them uh, because they're so different, and you never know what's going to come next, and just all kinds of stuff. And I learn stuff sometimes. Most of it's just a waste of time, but some of that is useful. And lo and behold, four of my uh, videos have been doing uh, one minute videos uh, came up and I, I liked them it was good uh, and uh, Ernie does um, he does the uh, thumbnails on them and he's done a great job on the thumbnails so anyway it was, uh, it, was it was nice to see those hey look we have uh, let's see we have three open lines if you want to give me a call eight seven seven two zero seven. 2276. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I worked my tail off. <laughs> I got a friend in from out of town, and uh, whenever he comes in, we just do honeydew list of my wife says, What about this? What about that? And so uh, we did a lot of stuff. And I mean, I, I did 11,000 steps <laughs> yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, five, six, I don't know. You know, it's just uh, doing a lot of stuff. And so, um, this is the first, right now, is the first time I've sat down in front of my computer uh, today um, because uh, doing all kinds of stuff, making life uh, better for my wife and fixing things around the house, you know. Wow. So much time. I mean, so many things to do. All right. So I think we've got, uh, oh, I see. It's just in use elsewhere. That's what that call is. We don't have that. Okay. I, you know, that's all right. I'm always working. That's right, says Champ. And if you want to watch or participate in the uh, chat rooms, you can uh, go to rumble.com, rumble.com forward slash matchlicklive. And you can uh, go in there. We have a chat room in there. And so uh, yeah, everybody's going to can hear me good. One person's going to mute or what. So uh, let's see. We're testing a new feature that will stream Matchlick Live to our Discord which Matt has allowed without Matt's avatar in the room, but it only uses YouTube. That's why I care about UK. So that reminds me, YouTube kicked us off. <laughs> kicked us off for a month, I think it is, because I said, uh, I read an article that China is doing research genetically to have certain virus kind of things that attack only certain kinds of people in certain groups. I read an article. I mentioned that on the... On the I mentioned it, and YouTube says, no, you can't do stuff like that. You can't say that. And I'm reading articles, you know, repeating what I'm hearing. So, uh, 
I remember once um, I quoted the CDC. I quoted the CDC, and they uh, they banned me for quoting the CDC. You know, I, it's just weird. Um, I don't know. It's weird. So, you know, there's only certain things you're supposed to be allowed to say in uh, in, in the world. You know, in, in the the leftist world is is a, a world of fraidy cats. You're you're not supposed to uh, offend anybody. You have to use proper pronouns. You uh, cannot say that Jesus is the only way, for example. And you have to be liberal. And if you repeat the facts that don't uh, comport with the status quo and what's woke correct, well, then you get in trouble for it. And they're the ones who decide what is right and wrong. They, you know, just whatever. So, you know, hey, we do Rumble. And I found out that Rumble is banned from Brazil. And Brazil is going downhill. We have a, a Brazilian missionary and he's telling us what it's like down there and we're i was also talking to a woman in brazil and she's perfect she's perfect english and also portuguese married a, uh, a portuguese guy lived down there and she was uh we're online and she's saying that she can't say even online you can't say not a religion is false because you can get uh, in trouble with the government for that so she said i'm not allowed to say so-and-so religion is false or i'd get in trouble yeah how about that? You can't say something else is false. So it's false to say that other religions are false. Yeah, you know. So uh, Mr. Kitt talked about the vaccines and Carm got a strike with YouTube, but when Matt read the CDC website, YouTube took them down for it. Yeah, that's right. I just read the CDC website, and you get in trouble for that. So I want to know, you know, I'm just thinking about this. Who are the powers that be that decide what is fact and what is not fact and here's the thing what if i think i have an opinion about something and it doesn't fit the status quo which woke you're not allowed to voice your opinions about things i thought freedom of speech meant that you could say things. no disinformation well what's disinformation and i found out that disinformation turns out to be right <laughs> so much of the time it's disinformation it's not true and then you know two years later the leftists find out well okay it was right the whole time i told you and they never apologize for uh penalizing you they never do that's what the left is you know they're so tolerant oh that's right they're so tolerant hey let's get on the air with uh on the line with debbie from winston-salem north carolina welcome you are on the Hi. air Okay, um, I, I'm kind of new to the Bible, and I mm -hmm. was reading about people that were raptured before death, and yeah. for some reason today it kind of popped into my head. I wanted to get your what you think of it, but do you think people are still being raptured today no. before death? The, the, no, the rapture is a single event, and it's not yet happened, and it's out of 1 Thessalonians well, chapter that. 4. We said it's still being raptured today. So... It, it's Do not what? happened. the The rapture has not happened, and it's future, right. and it's only going to be a one time event. Okay. Yeah, but I, I was talking about like ones you know in in the Old Testament that were caught up to heaven before the rapture, like oh. Enoch and Elijah. Yeah, that was something different. You, that was not a, a rapture because with the rapture comes the resurrection. They were just caught up, uh, and uh, that was it. Okay, and they're going to die. You, what? 
do you think that's still happening today? See what no. what's got me to thinking about this. For some reason today, I was thinking about all the people that go missing. That there's never, you know, any evidence of a crime. No bodies are ever found. And I was just wondering how much of that oh, no. is actually from a crime, or if it's because you know there's he has the power to do this if he wants to. Yes, but it does not seem to be the case because we want to check everything that we do and teach out of Scripture. So though it happened in the Old Testament, they were with special circumstances with individuals who were walking very, very, very closely with God. And it happened hundreds yeah. of years in, apart. So I would not say that people who just kind of disappeared, that that's what's happening. There's a lot of theories about a lot of stuff. And I used to study this stuff when I was younger. And there's plenty of strange occurrences out there. Where people just yeah. dis literally disappear. And uh, right. so, you know, I don't know what it is, though. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're okay. welcome. All right. Bye. Okay. Well, God bless. All right. Let's see. The next longest waiting is the Giggler from SoCal. Welcome. You are on the air. Hey, Matt. Hello. How you doing? Doing all right. So what do you got? So, Oops. Um, as a lifelong atheist, um, yeah. I've been kicking around. You, you've heard the question. Um, so, um, hey, atheist, what evidence would it require for you to believe in God? Like, like you might ask me that, right, Matt? You would say, hey, you know, what does God have to do yes. to make you believe? Like, what? what well, because atheists routinely tell me that they have to be convinced by evidence. I say, well, then what evidence would it be? Right. Right. Yeah. So. I, I think I think I've come to a pretty good conclusion on that. Um, All right. When it comes to supernatural things, which mm -hmm. I guess we can agree God is supernatural. Yes. Yeah. So um, it would it would have to be like no matter how many times you come to me, Matt, and you say, "Hey, I just did a magic trick where blah 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 happened." I'm not going to believe it based on your testimony. So testimony will never be sufficient for believing in the supernatural. So for you, okay. What we're going to have to, when, and, and I'm talking about from, from an atheist, from a philosophical naturalist perspective, what I'm going to need is personal experience. Now, the way I see it, when it comes to okay. deity, uh, personal experience comes in two forms, right? There's There's the form of, oh, I lost my car keys, and then I prayed, and then I found my car keys. Therefore, that proves God is real. And I would say that kind of personal experience makes me question your epistemology, right? And then yeah, there's I a second category where you go, hey, yeah. Giggler, Jesus came to my house, and I hopped in his car, and we drove to Vegas and had a crazy weekend. That makes me question your sanity. But when it comes to personal experience, I'm either going to question somebody as an atheist, question their epistemology, Okay. Or their sanity. Okay, well, I got you. So what would work for you? What do you got? Well, it's up to you. I could talk to 10 different atheists in a room, and, and I say, what would work for you? And they would give me different experience, different things. And they do. I've been doing this for you know, a long, long time. You know I talk to a lot of atheists. So, you know, you're on the air here. People are hearing. What, what would do it for you to convince you that the triune God exists? Would you agree, Matt, that for anybody, 
personal experience is really going to be a pretty good place to set that up. Well, here's the problem, you see. If you have a, a monumental experience that you're driving out in the desert by yourself, you get a flat tire, and you don't have a spare. And let's just say that, uh, you know, somebody uh, just kind of comes up, and he's glowing, and he levitates, and he snaps his finger, and the tire's fixed. And he says, now believe in the Lord God. And then he disappears. Would that convince you? Hmm? I, I, I don't know. You, you can call yeah, me when see? that happens. If you want, you see, because it it's not that, and I'm not aware of it. It's something else. That's that's the issue. It's not an issue before you have evidence and testimony. Primarily, Pretty God sure has to open your heart, and your mind, but also, you know, I've I've known you for a while. We've talked, and you and I get along mostly. Okay, but uh, <laughs> you challenge the, the whole idea of God, and the Bible talks about Him hiding Himself from those who who are like you. Just, just, so, so we're on the same page, Matt. You you you, you challenge the idea of a law, right? Like people no, believe in a law, and you go, like "Hey guys, that's not." It's easy to yeah. It's easy to prove all law. Okay, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And I, and I and I can prove your Christian God false. Like like, let's forget about that for a second. My well, point is, can't. there are people who believe in what you deem to be nonsense. You believe in what I deem to be nonsense. How do we First of all, collectively, you, me, for, and the Muslims? How do we figure out what's true? It's easy. Uh, but you see, Islam is self-refuting, and I easy. know the way to do that. But you can't find anything self-refuting in, inside of um, the Christian train of God. And there's a break, so hold on. Tell you what we'll do. We'll come back, if you want, and for the break, and then you tell me what, you know, give me one thing that demonstrates that the Christian trinity isn't true. Okay? Do you do that? What do you think? Want to try? Uh, I'll be here. Okay. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Hope you're enjoying the show. And let's get back to the giggler from South Hey, you're in Southern California, that's right. That's where I'm from. Okay, man. So you there? Do you want to try that, what I said, or you want to tackle something different? Yeah, no, no, I've been, I was, I was practicing during the commercial there. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge I, I cheated. Um, I couldn't think of anything good, so I went to ChatGPT okay. for answers. But I think it came up with something good that I would like to okay. talk to you about. Sure. What is it? Okay. So the, the, the question was, how, how do I give me one evidence that the, the Trinity is not true, right? Okay. Okay. It, yeah. it defies the laws of logic. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, it, but, but, it, but it does. What well, I mean, ChatGPT no, it clearly doesn't. says that it it no. does, and it's pretty smart. No, okay. it doesn't. No, I, it, I know this, and uh, the this is the, oh, okay. the issue here. To say that it defies the laws of logic, then I say, okay, then explain to me what law of logic means that a, a being cannot exist as a an interpersonal triune essence. That's paracritically related. Okay. I'm going to set that aside for a second because uh, I feel yeah. like we've left, left the audience behind potentially. So I'm going well, to speak around you a bit, maybe directly to them. Um, you guys have seen this diagram of, you know, God, is, the Father is God, 
the Son is God, mm-hmm. the Spirit is God. Those things are all co-equal. But mm-hmm. the Father's not the Son, the Son's not the Spirit, and the Spirit's not God. Um, no. This is basically, you know, A no, it's not it. equals D, B equals D, C equals D, but A is not equal no. to B, B is not equal to C. This, 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 this defies the laws of logic. Um, you probably know better than I do the specific one that this defies. It's um, no, no, no. It, it's what's no, the transitive it's, quality of the? Uh, I get the, it. The transitive you know, of identity, quality. transitivity of identity. Do um, you know? Here's the thing. Yeah, maybe you no, can. No, no, no. It's maybe you can explain hold on, hold on. It's wrong. The attack is wrong because it misrepresented the Trinity. Oh. Yes, it does. Okay. Look, would you would you agree that I'm very knowledgeable on this topic? Okay, would you agree? All right? Probably not. Yeah, I'm, I, I am. I, I've been studying this stuff for decades. Okay? I, 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 would, I would say that you're an, you're an adherent to doctrine on this topic. I would, I'll grant you that. Okay, there, that's There's fine. a person who told you something, and you accepted what they said uncritically. I will grant you that. No, that's not how fair it enough. works. That's not how it works with me. Okay? Well, you don't I'm know, sure it you is. don't know me. Well, look, okay, no, it's not. I'm telling you that. Okay. Let me tell you something really fast, okay? Did you meet Jesus, or oh, did somebody oh, tell you Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Giggler, hold on. It's better my mental. Wait a minute, okay? Look, we moved 26 times before I was 12 years old. We went to, I went to 12 different elementary schools. I learned to be independent. My mom, whose IQ was way above mine, and she was a genius, she taught me not to trust others simply because they say things. This is how I was raised. So I don't just accept what someone says, and that's just the way it is. I don't do that. I check things out. Even my Presbytery exam, I was, when I was, hold on, Giggler, hold on, I'm correcting you, okay? Even in my Presbytery exam, I asked them to verify certain things. This is why I've always been. It's why I'm good at what I do. So, no, I don't just believe something. Now, the doctrine of the Trinity is one God in three distinct simultaneous persons. Yes, I am. One God in three distinct simultaneous (laughs) persons. So, there's nothing in logic that says one being cannot be three uh, distinct persons. Because it's not saying there's one who is also three. We don't say that. We say he's one being who is three persons. We don't say one being is three beings. We don't say one person is three persons. We say one being and three persons. There's no categories. And so none of them, it's not, none None of them negates the the, uh, obligation of the other being true. And the transitivity of identity doesn't work because you're conflating the categories. That's called, that's what it is. So you're getting a category error with a category of monotheistic being, and then you have the category of triunity within that category of the being. And they're not mutually exclusive. I've gone over this many, many times, okay? I feel like I've asked a question three times that you seem to decline to answer. But okay, Matt, what is it? have Go you ahead. met Jesus, or do you yes. believe in Jesus because somebody else told you about Jesus? Do you don't you remember the testimony? You, don't you remember what happened? I told you. Oh, you did meet don't Jesus. You remember? Okay, now I question your sanity. Okay, fair enough. No, 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 no. You never heard my no, testimony. I do. What I, happened? I, I do. Have you ever heard? I hear what a lot of testimonies from a lot of people. I, hey, I, I Giggler, Giggler, I'm not talking about other people. About his, um, I, I'm not talking about other people. I'm not talking about other people. I know several about, pagans Giggler, on Discord Giggler, servers who have met Giggler, Zeus. Giggler, uh, people have, if people you're have going to discuss... Hold on, you, buddy. Hold on. Look, I'm going to have to mute you. I love you. hearing amazing okay, stories about Okay, we're going to mute you. Okay. This is. I talked to him, and he does this. And normally in another situation, 
I'll let him go for a bit, and then I, I try and rein him in, another atheist, and try and get him to actually focus on the issues. And I don't want to do that here because we got callers waiting, and this will bore the crowd of a lot of people because we have to get into things like transitivity of identity. And we have to get into the is of um, identity and predication. And then we have to get into some category errors and def definitions that go epistemologically related to the ontos. And this will this will blow the you know people go I don't get, I'm tuning out <laughs> that's what's going to happen. So what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to move along because we're going to do that. And I know the giggler doesn't really want to really get too much into it. Let's get to um, let's get to let's see Bob's the next one. Wait, hey Bob, welcome man. You're on the air. Hello, Matt. Hey. Okay. Hey, uh, I was I was going back to the comments that you were making on. Uh, about YouTube, you getting kicked off for uh, mm -hmm. some different topic things that you had brought up that they disagreed with. I listen to a lot of sermons online, and well, I say online on YouTube, and uh, you know, a lot of the sermons that I listen to are teaching against uh, or explaining why the Muslims are wrong or why Allah is a false god, yeah. and even mm -hmm. goes so far as in the evangelical, some of the people are talking about against. Catholicism, and in my in my belief system, Catholicism is a cult, but it's very popular. Uh, are those pastors ever? Yeah, have any of those pastors been uh, banned or rebuked uh, by YouTube that you know, are aware of? Oh, I don't know. YouTube does what it wants, the way it wants, whenever it wants, and it's consistent. It's inconsistent, um, and it seems to be the case. That it's the conservatives are the ones who get who get uh, penalized. So people have done studies, and they'll they go out there and they will uh, say the same thing of one political candidate versus another political candidate. This very same thing, and the conservative, right. when it looks like it's conservative, they get penalized, and the other ones don't. And many tests have been done like this, and YouTube is guilty of this. Uh, Google is guilty of this. They are left-leaning, and they don't want fairness uh, across the board. So th there's a lot of studies. Well, I agree with you on. Well, no. yeah. I agree with you on that. That they are definitely left-leaning. Could it be a could it be a revenue thing if a pastor, regardless of what he says, is getting three or four million hits in a six-month period? They'll overlook that versus the small-time person who's maybe. not getting but maybe ten thousand or twelve thousand. I don't know. I don't know what their algorithms are, don't know what's going on, but I do know that there's a definite, definite left-leaning uh, prejudice that's uh, coming out of them. All right, buddy, there's a break. we got to go. All right, man? All right. Thank All right. you. God, God bless. Bye. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. And we give a thanks and a shout-out to Mr. Kit for the $12 rant supporting us here at the ministry. Did that on Rumble, and really appreciate that. Uh, Kit's a good guy. Rumble.com forward slash Matt Slick Live, and uh, there you go. All right, let's see. Jared, I guess we lost the other guy. Jared from Indiana, welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, so I'm continuing in my call-ins uh, trying to learn more on the Reformed theology. 
so mm-hmm. I wanted to see if you would uh, uh, explain more. Last time we had just barely got into first and second causes, and uh, when it comes to uh, God not being the author of sin, and I just want to know if you could mm-hmm. maybe... I, I try to look for videos and stuff about it. There's not a lot out there. I've caught a little bit, James White a little bit, uh, uh, going mm-hmm. you know, debating Molinism and stuff, and I just want to see if you could explain it a little bit more. Sure. So uh, let's do efficient, proximate, and ultimate causation. So efficient causation is when someone does something of their own volition. That's it. So Adam is in the garden. No one forced him to eat the fruit. No one tortured him and made him do it. He did it of his own free will. So so we would say the efficient cause in this context is someone doing an action that is voluntarily it's voluntary, non-forced, consistent with what they want or desires, and they do it. They do it themselves. Now, the proximate causation in the case with Adam was uh, the garden, the trees, the fruit, allowing the serpent to come in. So God put the the um, the situation together and allowed Adam to make his free will choice within that situation. So, we could say that the proximate cause is the contextual, uh, the context of a certain uh, event. So, the context of Adam's rebellion was the garden, the trees, the serpent, and things like that. And so, God certainly allowed all these to come together and allowed Satan to come in to tempt him. But God didn't make it happen. God allowed it to happen. And so, God's not the one who caused Adam to sin. He did it himself. So God is what we we could say is the proximate cause, not the efficient cause of Adam's sin. So when we talk about causation, God's the ultimate cause. Well, he's the one who brought the universe into existence. So sometimes people who are non-reformed, and they will say, uh, when you say God ordained... You know, the, 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 the reform people, you say God ordained murder. That means he started it. He caused it. No, that's not what we're saying. So I, I, sometimes I'll say, and I want them to think, I might say, look, who created the universe? God. Who? The universe, right? God and the solar system and the planet Earth and things like that. God did. Well, that wouldn't have happened if God hadn't done it, right? So are you going to blame God? Yeah. And answer, well, of course not. Because it comes down to, are you doing something in that condition of existence that's your own action? And that's what, uh, that's what we say. So when we say God ordains, like he, we say or God ordained the fall of Adam and Eve. We don't say he caused it, but the ordination is within the plan that's from forever ago where the proximate condition exists and he allowed it, it to occur. So he ordained it by his will to allow it to occur in that sense, but he's not the one who caused it. Okay? Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay. Did that help? Yeah, yeah. I'm just just trying to uh, wrap my head, because last time when I called, I had said something about um, something that I heard James White said, but when you brought up the first and second causes, you know, I've heard people mention it, but they it wasn't uh, deep, so I opened up some of my... um, systematic theologies and, and reading them and, and just trying to wrap my head around what that is, but it gave me a better understanding of when, whenever I hear um, you or him or somebody else say, well, you're misrepresenting what we believe, I, it gives me a little bit better light on the misrepresentation because it's not just a surface-level idea. It goes way deeper than that. And right. 
uh, a lot of times I think it's just wrapped up in, or you believe this, like you said, and that's not exactly, that's not the definition behind it. Right, right. So let me throw something else at you, all right? So every fact, and let's just say every event, let's just say an event, I I drop uh, a penny on the ground accidentally on purpose, doesn't make a difference. That's an event. Every event occurs inside of a context. The context is, I was standing there, I had a penny in my hand, and uh, I was talking to my wife, uh, and it was Tuesday, and whatever, okay? Every event has a context. Every context is not eternal, because contexts are comprised of other events. So the context of my wife being there means we had to get married 36 years ago. Well, where did she come from? So the idea here is that every event occurs within a context. Every context is part of a chain of events, a chain of context that goes backward in time. No single context or event is eternal in and of itself, but it's caused by something else. Secondary causes is what that is. So the we, we would say that God is the terminus. As we go backwards, well, what caused my wife to, you know, to be born? Well, her mom and dad. Where did they, mom and dad come from? You know, let me go back. Well, they came out of uh, Germany, out of France, out of whatever it is. Well, where did they come from? Well, you know, let me go back 10,000 years, 100 million, whatever they, people want to say. It doesn't really matter. We go back. Well, what caused the universe? God. He's now the terminus. In that nothing is beyond him. He is the initiator of all events. So what we would say is, all events occur in a re- as a result of a causal chain that goes back and traces itself back to God. Okay, so... so go ahead. Can I, so I have a question. So uh, this is the part, or like what I was trying to wrap my head around it um, months ago before I, I called in and asked you. You know, I, I hear uh, God's providence, and He brings all things to come about, or whatever. And I, I would just think, like, I, I, I work in a body shop, a leaf blows in in the doorway, and I'm like, that doesn't have any eternal purpose. Like, what what, maybe, what is the not. the big idea? It, but then when you said that about it being in a context, so um, that helps me maybe um, bring harness those ideas in a little okay. bit more because you know everything doesn't. Yeah, so. Okay, well, here's something to think about. The leaf blowing in from outside is proof that God exists. The triune God. Absolutely, yeah. Because the leaf, the event has to have a context which goes back in the causal chain to the terminus. And then we get into the issue of what must be the case in order for the, the being who creates. We have two options. We have the personal and the impersonal. And then we have to have the necessary and sufficient conditions. And I won't get into all that now. And so we have to have this stuff. And only the triune Christian Trinitarian view can provide the necessary preconditions for intelligibility because it can provide the equal ultimacy of the one and the many, as well as the eternal nature of decision-making and decrees. And so Christian Trinitarianism is it. Okay, and uh, all the other systems yeah. can't do it. Yeah, that's the short version. Yeah. That's a shorthand version, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I know it's deep. I appreciate that. Okay, and so the reformed people, what they believe is this God, 
He ordains everything that comes to pass. Nothing can occur unless it's by his permission. And if it's by his permission, he's ordained it. Doesn't mean he's directly caused it. Because some things he can directly cause. Let there be light. Boom. He directly caused that. The leaf blowing in, in there? Well, he could have made his, made his hand go out on a tree and put it down there and go and you see it. I mean, that could have happened. But the you know, most probable is all the wind and that tree was old and blah 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 and they're going to so indirectly, you know, he's the one who ordained that it occur. It couldn't occur without his permission. It was within his mind from eternity past that that leaf at that time would fall. Otherwise, what we have is events at, occurring outside the sovereignty of God's uh, will and decrees, and that's not the Christian perspective. You see. So is that kind of like like Satan, like how he allowed Job to do what he did, or allowed Satan to do what he did to Job, right. but God didn't cause that. Right. But he permitted it. Right. And there was yeah. a, a reason for it. God always has a reason for what he allows. So the leaf blowing into your, your body shop ultimately proves God exists and has a divine purpose. So... Every event, ultimately, is within the sovereignty of God. Everything. That's who we serve. Wow, okay. And, awesome. and you're free to go over and pick up that leaf and throw it back outside. Or you take it and you press it into a book. You like that leaf. You can do whatever you want. And that's ordained by God as well, whatever you freely choose. Gotcha. All right. Okay. That makes more sense. Yep. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks. <laughs> sure, no problem. God bless. <laughs> All right. There's Jared. And uh, hey, folks, if you want to give me a call after the break, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. And let's see. Woo, we got somebody waiting for 28 minutes. Buskman, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, good evening. Well, it's still afternoon for you there, Mr. Slick. Um, regarding yes, our, uh, our atheist friend, I, I want to ask him this question, Matt, but I wanted to run it by you first. When I talk to aliens, or aliens, atheists, <laughs> Freudian slip, um, I always give him this scenario, Matt. Now check me on it, because you're a higher mind than I am. I give him this scenario. Guy's driving behind a pickup truck. The pickup truck veers off the road, smashes into a tree, and bursts into flames. The man behind the truck pulls his car over, runs across the busy road, reaches in, opens the door, and pulls out the, the woman that's uh, unconscious mm -hmm. just in time to get her out of the, the truck, and it explodes. The truck explodes, yeah. and both of the people are safe. So my question to the, a the atheist, Matt, is this. Why did that man stop his life, pull his car over, run across the busy road, fight with the, with the truck door, get it open, drag the woman out to safety just to watch her truck explode. Why did he do that? 
Mr. or Miss Atheist. Is that a good argument, Matt? Well, an atheist would just say because they had a, was a good person and just risked his life to save somebody. People do it all the time. Atheists. So where does that come from? Why did that man well, they'd say, stop say, his life? They would say, they would say well, it's, it was just part of the evolutionary process that developed for survivability. Because if you help you your, your mate, animals do that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. The, the, yeah, the answers okay. are going to be for them. Okay, that is yeah. survivability. Evolutionarily speaking, it's in it's worked into their genetic structure, and that's why they would go out and do that. Plus, there's just the the factor of we're more than what our the the sum is more than the parts, and so therefore people um, have learned within social structures to be sacrifice sacrificial they, they have answers okay not that they're good ones but okay they have answers. but once again i mean if we're animals like we're just evolved higher uh process mind thinking animals do we see that in orangutans or apes or other high high thoughted animals well the problem the problem was saying do we see it is irrelevant because if you see it in one, it doesn't mean it's for all. And if you see it in all, it doesn't mean that it's universal. Because then you don't know all orangutans. Okay? So, I mean, you get into Yeah. So, yeah. and the other, the other thing I run by them is this, and it's kind of quirky, Matt, but I tell them this. I say, look around you. Everything that you can see, hear, taste, touch is real. Okay? You can even smell certain things. I said something had to create all of this that we're standing on and having this discussion on. You produce the being that created all this and you and I, and I will give up the information that I've learned from the Holy Bible. I will renounce my allegiance to Jesus Christ, who that Bible tells me created all this, sir or ma'am, if you can produce that being man woman or alien if you can produce that i will renounce well, my allegiance to the god of the yeah. world. It, would that work no no it doesn't work if you can produce it because then uh, you're asking them to produce what you, they want you to produce but i've got a okay. book matt i don't i yeah, think it's say product but, uh, okay uh, uh, hold on hold on yeah, go ahead go you ahead. say they have a book or you have a book okay they can say yeah, the same thing about some other group, okay? okay? I've gone through this with atheists. So you have to do things differently with them, all right? Yeah. I really many, well, many, I many, called many, you, many brother, because you're a higher, you're a higher no, no, thought just, than I am. And, yeah. I'm just experienced, that's all, okay? So, um, yeah. you know, and there are, most atheists are not interested in truth. They're interested in validating okay. their atheism because they've been yeah, given over sure. to the depravity of their own hearts and minds, and they serve the creature rather than the creator. Just as the Bible says, because what atheists are doing is saying, well, uh, information didn't come from the creator, it came from uh, non-information, the created order. Yeah. Logic didn't come from uh, universal being, it came uh, from us, you know, the things, things like that. Or, we're the ones who discovered what truth is, we're the ones who decide what morality is. So they replace God with themselves, and the judgment of God upon them is to let them believe the lie. And right. so, and what they do, uh, 99% of the time that I've ever encountered, 98.9%, uh, the atheists are only trying to justify their belief, their faith system because it's a faith sure, system. Sure. And what they'll do is they'll say, well, no, no, we just lack belief. Well, lack belief is, is a non sequitur. 
you lack belief in something that you don't have any awareness of. But if you, uh, if I introduce you to a concept, you categorize the concept. You affirm, deny, you lack, uh, you hold judgment. And then they'll say things like, well, you can't choose your beliefs. I go, yes, you can. And so they, they very often, what they try and do is simply use Christians to demonstrate that their atheism is true. And they won't say it's true because then that implies what's called strong atheism. Then the onus is on them to demonstrate the truth of that. So what they want to do is have you demonstrate the truth of your God. And it, it, yeah. it, I've just I've gone through it but you can't, you can't you can't spring spring that around and say okay then produce your proof that there is no god so you can't spin that around since that's, that's, a, that's a problem that's a problem because okay. to pro- produce a proof for a, a universal negative is difficult but it doesn't mean that certain atheists haven't tried to produce logical arguments demonstrating that god is is incoherent or the and I say, you can produce any argument you want for any other God, I'll agree with you. But when you come to the tr- Christian Trinitarian God, now we have a problem. And then when they abandon the Christian Trinitarian God, then they shoot themselves in the foot. Because they can't demonstrate, and I'll say this, but most people won't understand this. They can't deal with the issues of universals and particulars and the one and the many. And it's a very serious philosophical issue. And only the Trinity provides a necessary precondition by which those things can be explained. Sure. So, yeah, this is it's just another level of discussion we won't get here. Okay? So, okay. Uh, what I would suggest... I, I would say that Giggler receives the Holy Spirit because I was a non-believing God person, too, and now I absolutely love people, and I can't explain it, Giggler, while I do. I would pull over and, and, and try to save the, the person inside the truck automatically. Yes, and, and he, he probably would, too. I'm just yeah. saying it's not a great uh, thing yeah. to do. So what I would suggest is, if you're interested, is uh, I have a book I've written called Apologetics and Atheism, if you're interested. And you can just go on Amazon, look it up. Apologetics and Atheism by Matt Slick. You can check it out, okay? Would that help the atheist, Matt? I don't know. But it'll help you. It's a very casual approach to to discussing these issues. And I probably need to write a volume two on it and tackle more complicated, sophisticated issues all right well giggler if you're in dayton area uh i'd love to have okay. coffee with you sometime there's some way i can connect with you god bless oh, Matt. thank you for your time sir all right well god bless all right Bye-bye. well there we go and let's see the next longest waiting is randy from kentucky randy welcome you're on the air hello brother I was just wondering if you could give me some insight into the Melchizedek priesthood. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot on it in the scripture, but, you know, like the LDS and stuff make a lot of hype about it. Like, what's your take on that? What is that? Melchizedek priesthood is simply a priesthood that is uh, the one that Christ is in, and it's only held by one person at a time, according to the, to the scriptures. So the Levitical and Aaronic priesthood, basically derivation of the same thing. And Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, well, in the loins of his father. Uh, excuse me, Levi, sorry. Levi paid tithes to uh, Melchizedek while in the loins of his father Abraham. So Levi, Levitical priesthood. And what Paul, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, was doing in Hebrews 7, was 7, 7 through 10, that's the, the verses, was demonstrating that there was a priesthood to which Abraham himself submitted 
and paid tithes to. You pay tithes to God. But some people think that Melchizedek is the pre-incarnate Christ because it says without gener- without uh, mother, without father. But if we take it literally, you'd have a case that it's a pre-incarnate Christ. If you take it for the cultural norm, what it seems to be, they would give such great high praise, without mom, without dad, without this, without dad, the great one who comes through. And it was uh, often used as a way of praising them. So the evidence that Melchizedek was Christ and not Christ are about equal, so to speak. So I don't really believe that Melchizedek really was Christ. I believe he was a figure who was a type of Christ and was the, the king of of, uh, of uh, oh, Jerusalem. Uh, the, I'm thinking of the, there's a word, oh, it's, I hit it when it slips my mind. Um, the house of, anyway, I'll, I'll remember it later. And so he was the one that Abraham paid tithes to, and I'm just rambling now. So I don't know if that helps or not. Yeah, there it does. Well, could I ask one more question kind of along those lines? Sure. Sure. Like when it talks about Christ is going to become our high priest. Like I heard this one guy. He is. Yes, I'm sorry. He is our high priest. Like, what is his role as high priest now? You're breaking up. What, what? Like, what what would his role be as high priest? He lives to, forever to make intercession for us. So if you go to, and I'll read them to you, okay? Go to Hebrews 6.20, and I'll read this. So this is what it says. Where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the uh, order of Melchizedek. And then you go to 7.25. Therefore, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So this is the priesthood that Christ holds, the Melchizedek priesthood, which is only held by one person at a time. He has it eternally. And in it, he intercedes for us before the Father. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Hey, no problem, man. God bless. All right. Hey, folks, you want to give me a call? 877-2-0-7. We're out of time anyways. (laughs) So we went early. What day is the Sabbath? Is that what you want to ask? We only have one minute in the show. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, Matt. That's that's my question. Saturday is still the official. Yes, Saturday is still the official day of the Sabbath. However, the Christian Church started worshiping on Sunday because that's called the Day of the Lord. That was the day that Jesus rose. The Jews would do it on Saturday, but the Christians would start meeting on Sunday. And furthermore, if you go to Romans chapter 14, it says people can worship on different days. So it's okay to worship on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It doesn't matter. We're not under the law anymore. The Jewish Sabbath is still Saturday, sundown, and sundown. But we as Christians are free to worship on Sunday or Saturday or Friday or whatever day you want. Okay? Okay. Thank you so much, Matt. Be blessed. Okay. Sure. God bless. Well, there's a quick and slick answer, and uh, we're going to be out of time here because the music is going to start about now. Oh, get close there. And um, by his grace, we'll be back on the air tomorrow, and we will talk to you then. There's the music. I was off by a few seconds. Romans 14 is great, Mr. Kidd. I totally agree. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the show, and if you want, well, give me a call tomorrow, and I hope you have a great evening. May the Lord bless you. 
We'll talk to you later. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.